this is Jen, and this is the Paranormal.chat podcast. I am here with my brother Eric and Jesse. Say hi, guys. What's going on? How's it going? Hello, we are here for our 32nd episode where we are going to be discussing the Ammons haunting, also known as the Demon House by Zach Bacons. Or the 200 Demon House. Yeah, 200 Demon House. That's also scary. <laughs> oh, okay. But is there a specific reason why it's yes, the 200? And yes, and we'll get into it during the actual content of the story. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, let's get this out of the way. You can find us on Apple, uh, podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us. I think it's like the Amazon one. And I don't know. I was looking at our stuff and, oh, and Podbean, but I was looking at our stuff and it's like other apps. And I was like, what, who, <laughs> what are the other apps? Like Stitcher and <laughs> or, stuff. I don't know, but we're on, we're on other apps. So let us know where you're hearing us. Yeah, I mean, well, that just means that you can find us anywhere. Yeah, but hopefully in the future we'll be on YouTube. But anywho's, write in your own personal paranormal stories to letschatparanormal at gmail.com. They don't have to necessarily be scary, spooky stories. They can be about Sasquatch, aliens, just your crazy dream that affected you in your real life or uh, things like that. Send them in. I want to hear them. Yeah, we want that D, guys. <laughs> we want that D. Yes. Give it to us. Give us the details. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if that picks up in the recording. Okay, so guys, any spooky updates from y'all? Uh, you know, I don't know if this is a spooky update or if it's just funny, like the, the funny shit the kids say. Mm. But so my youngest, Logan, he's been having nightmares. Mm. And he's been saying that the ducky keeps grabbing his foot Ooh. and keeps trying to pull him under the bed he says that the ducky comes out and he, ah, you know he does his little kid thing and he says that he grabs him and he tries to pull him under the bed now i don't know if this is just like a simple way of a child trying to explain something that he doesn't know and if it's really something like uh, like like the creature from the blue lagoon or the the, the black lagoon <laughs> you know because it has webbed hands and stuff and i'm wondering if it's like something really fucking scary like that but the only way that he could describe it is it's a fucking duck that's you know creepy. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or it's a six of, foot duck, <laughs> or yeah, or it's, it's just a really huge fucking scary duck. <laughs> some kind of build, uh, long neck, creepy thing. Yeah. That's creepy. I, I, yeah, and oh my god, it's it's been happening quite often. Like for the for the last week, he's woken up maybe like two times out of the six nights, like mm. just in the middle of the night, talking yeah, about this duck. goddamn duck. Yeah, poor baby, this fucking duck. I told you him that I was going to shoot it, but yeah, you should uh, maybe try to put some ducktails on, get him major pain it, <laughs> get him to, to fall a little bit more comfortable with ducks. Yeah, maybe. I, I yeah, I we gotta figure out what's going on. Oh, well, that's sad. Uh, how about you, Jesse? Any uh, creepy updates? Not really. Not anything I can think of. Okay. Well, I don't have one in any, or I don't have any either. Okay. So, um, do we want to discuss anything before we get into this uh, story? Mm, such as? I don't know. I was just asking, throwing it out there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm still still excited about the, the whole paranormal fest that we're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. I should say that at the beginning of this episode. Um, <laughs> September 18th, uh, we are going to be doing paranormal fest at... Uh, Victoria Slack Black Swan Inn. That was weird to say. Um, <laughs> but anywho's, uh, me and Eric most likely will be the ones to be there. Uh, you can come talk to us, tell us your stories. We'll most likely record them on the spot. 
Um, or we're just out there to meet more people, really. Sure. Oh, yeah. Spread the word. I yeah. try to go, but my lack of college education. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, it really, it's because he's insisting to watch our son, but whatever. <laughs> he doesn't want to get into the jargon. Oh, God. Yeah. Talk is going to confuse him or something, mm-hmm. I guess. Just going to smack you. <laughs> it's you who put this doubt in him. I ran out of crayons. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to start? Whenever you're ready. Okay. This one's going to be kind of long. All right. So I just want to say I got the majority of my notes from a website called the Indie Star and then some of them from Wikipedia. And I believe Indie Star is just like the local publication to this uh, town. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just a newspaper. Is what you yeah. Mean. Oh, yeah. so you're getting it from like a local source then? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So in November tw- of 2011, Latoya Ammons, her, her mother... Rosa Campbell and her three children, aged 7, 9, and 12, moved into a house on Carolina Street in Gary, Indiana. Soon after they moved in, in the low temperatures of December, huge black flies began to swarm the screened-in porch. The family killed the flies only to have them to continue to come back time and time again. They acknowledged themselves that the occurrence was not normal and was strange. Both Ammons and Campbell claimed to begin to hear footsteps coming up from the basement to the kitchen door and hearing the creak of the door opening. Both of the women noted that even when they would lock the door, they would continue to hear the noise of the door creaking. One night, Ammons said that she woke up to a shadowy figure of a man pacing the living room. Bravely, she leapt out of bed to investigate, but only found large, wet boot prints. Yeah, I don't think I'd be jumping out of bed. Hell no. (laughs) I'd just be covering, like, okay, guys, you guys are on y'all's own. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not going to cower in fear, but I'm not going to go and investigate. (laughs) Whoever's out there, fuck you. Yeah, so, like, who's tracking in fucking boot prints? (laughs) No, that's more Eva. (laughs) Just, goddamn it. Even I'd get up there and it'd be like the, oh God, what was the, the horror movies with the Mexican mom where the kid is cleaning the house and Jason shows up and his boots are dirty oh. the floor and he's like, dude, my mom's going to get pissed. We're both going to die. <laughs> you don't have to worry about killing me because I'm already dead. Very accurate. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. So the next reported incident happened to the oldest of the children and had multiple witnesses People had been over to mourn the death of a loved one. The 12-year-old had a friend over, and they were both in Campbell's room. Suddenly, Ammon screamed, Mama, Mama, for Campbell to come running into the room to witness her granddaughter levitating from the bed unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, well, just floating, huh? (laughs) Ammon's, along with some of the others who were in the house, began to pray around the child. Eventually, the 12-year-old descended back into bed and woke up with no memory of what had just happened. That's spooky and creepy. and big. Yeah, uh, and, and we'll get into it at the end, but this uh, actually would be the first. It, so, so let me say if it is true. 
this would be the first documented ever account of levitation being witnessed. Well, I didn't find anywhere like how high off the bed she was supposedly. And this is true because one of the speculations is, is that she could have possibly been like on her heels, mm-hmm. arching her back with her head still resting on the pillow, giving her the illusion that she was levitating oh. is what the account that I got. And this was by the the skeptic that that wrote the whole article that I'm going to get into later. I mean, I'm just putting it from my point of view. If I go in there and my kid's (laughs) acting fucking (laughs) weird and shit. Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm taking that blanket off and that boy better be levitating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, God, so knowing y'all's son, I don't think that would be uncommon for y'all's son. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just saying like just as a a parent, you know, you see some weird shit happening. You're just going to take the blanket off and be like, you better hope to God you're on some spooky (laughs) shit because you're supposed to be in bed. Like I I imagine that like right before Sal goes to bed, like he prays to Krom or something. You know, that's that's what I picture. He's cursing us as he's crying. (laughs) Oh, yes. He is a tiny barbarian. Yeah. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) All righty. So, understandably frightened, this is around the time Ammons began to reach out to local churches for help. Most refused to listen, but one told her to do the following. Clean the house with bleach and ammonia. Then, use oil to draw crosses on every door and window, and to pour olive oil on all three of her children's hands and feet. Then, make the sign of the cross on their foreheads. That's such a random That's, or well, thing to... It's I've, very specific. I've, well, I've never heard anything like that. Well, I haven't either, and I'll tell you. Well, I looked it up. Like your house is dirty, lady. <laughs> no. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I looked up the significance of the olive oil. And so in Christianity, it's said that it's one of the four most important symbols along with bread, wine, and water. So I was like, okay, I didn't know that. Um, Learn something every day. Yeah, it's used to anoint priests, giving them authority, glory, and responsibility, acting on behalf of God and the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't, the olive oil, yeah, but I'm talking about like the bleach and ammonia in the house. I was like, is she just telling you to clean the house? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Your house is dirty. (laughs) I've been there. While you're at it, (laughs) go ahead and give a little scripture. (laughs) Um, but well, so I was guessing that they were just, uh, doing the olive oil thing so that the family could gain power over the spirits in the house. Um, but that was just my theory. I don't know if there was really any significance besides, or that they were trying to attribute it to. Well, I I get the cross on the forehead, but like, why would you make your kids' hands even more slippery than what they already (laughs) are when they're holding cups Uh, and whatnot? I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the person of you like, that's just going to fucking make the floors dirty as fuck. (laughs) It's just counterproductive. But anywho. How about their feet? Let them fall. (laughs) So the family also reached out to two clairvoyants who told the family that the house had over 200 demons in it. Oh, so this is where the number comes in. Yes. What is the yeah. difference between, uh, or what is a clairvoyant, I guess? What, what What's the main difference? Anybody got in here? I that always moment? thought it was just like a psychic or like, let's, let's Google it. I mean, well, I always it, thought like clairvoyant was somebody who was sensitive to, uh, I guess, for lack of a better description, like the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So like, is it that they can like... They can see premonitions. Well, I think it's more that they could actually sense 
spirits around them. I, I think have, that's what clairvoyant is. I have is. the Google. Okay, go ahead. A person who claims to have a supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. Like a fortune Ooh. teller, right? I guess so. Okay, because that's what I imagine a clairvoyant is like more of a fortune teller. Okay, okay. Okay. That's kind of an odd thing to bring into the house, but okay. Well, those two of them. So, anywho's the clairvoyants told the Ammons that they should move, but unfortunately, like in a lot of uh, these stories, they did not have the mon- money to do so, and instead, they had to stay in the house and put up with the strange occurrences. Another thing one of the clairvoyants suggested to do was the following. Ammons covered an end table with a white sheet, placed a white candle and a statue of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, and opened her Bible to Psalm 91. Then they burned sage and sulfur throughout the house, starting from the upstairs and working their way down, and drew a cross with the smoke. While they did this, another person read Psalm 91. And so I'm just going to read it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, this yeah, is I, something typically that I've heard people yeah, do. Yeah, it's more uh, like a protection uh, yes. to give you protection. So it goes, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. And so that's Psalm 91 that they were reading as they were doing this cleansing. From the desert wizard. You, you make it sound so not uh, <laughs> biblical when you. <laughs> well, sorry. I'm not a very biblical person. <laughs> if I was a demon, I was like, what are you reading to me, Jen? <laughs> so I'm telling you a good night story. <laughs> this is a story about me and it's so boring. <laughs> Anywho. So for three days. Is that a Billy Hunter song? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> So for three days, the family lived in peace. Then things got worse. This is as they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it, like it, they always say it's uh, wait for it kind of thing because you know, like whenever you do a cleansing, it tends to either go away or come back like extra oh, hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So this is when the family claims they began to be possessed by the demons. The kids' eyes would bulge and smile evilly. And their voices deepened. Uh, Campbell is the only one that claims to not have been affected by the demons since she was born with someone guarding her already. I have a quick question. So uh, what are the uh, the genders and the ages of these uh, there's, kids? There's two uh, boys and one girl, but I didn't want to specify because they're still underage. Like this is a very recent one. Yeah, yeah well, I, yeah. Just, I just wanted to. Well, I mean, even at that uh Latoya, who is the mother, Mm -hmm. she even uh, like during her tellings of the story to the star and to anybody else, she always requested that children be Be uh, not included. Mm -hmm. uh, What is it called? Admitted? Yeah. Yeah. Their names. Yeah. So smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, technically we don't even really know their names, but we do know their ages. Yeah. But um, I just always think that's a factor with, you know hauntings and that kind of stuff because yeah. oh yeah 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 absolutely you know it just it either adds value credibility to it or it takes credibility you know away I, from I, it. I i i have to say just in the literal sense it makes a lot of sense right because these children are so i don't know where we are before we're born yeah right of course but wherever that is it seems to have a closer connection to the supernatural or paranormal whatever yeah, you yeah. want to call it the spirit, spiritual realm 
than we do as we get older, right? Yeah, because they're closer to yeah, because yeah. they're closer to birth. So wherever they were, or wherever we were when we before we were born, uh, you know, as we get older, we we gradually get away from our birth date, and you know, we, yeah, the, we lose that connection. I, I want to say it's I guess the how, how can I put this? I guess the the sensory that you get from actually being alive like all the new sensations you kind of lose that memory you know how like oh. it just becomes like a faint mm-hmm. kind of thing or well i've always thought it was the like it was just kind of being not beaten out of you but essentially that that's yeah, like reality over, is over like stimulation oh. of yeah oh your well, well i guess like a, a firmer grip on the reality like subjected reality yes kind of takes it out of you i get what you're saying yeah. i understand yeah. what you're saying and i really admire the people that I guess kind of are able to hold on to it mm-hmm. for some things, you know? Right. Because I'm pretty sure there's, some, you know, some people out there, if you guys are listening right now and you feel like you're one of those people, go ahead and chime in, you know, send us something on that. Um, uh, yeah. Let's chat paranormal at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting topic to me. Yeah. Um, okay. So some of the strange things the kids will reportedly do, I'm just going to list them off. The seven-year-old would sit in the closet alone talking to a boy that no one else could see. The other boy he was talking to supposedly would describe what it felt like to be killed. The same seven-year-old once flew out of the bathroom as if he was being thrown. One of the other kids also had a headboard hit her so hard it caused a wound that needed stitches the oldest would later tell health workers that sometimes it felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. And she also heard a voice tell her that she's never seeing her family again and wouldn't live for another 20 minutes. So that's really creepy. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess the older you get, the more you get into stuff, you are aware of these things. But imagine like being that age and kind of not that subjected to weird stuff and uh-huh. it just happens to you like well, I, how would you basically reason that to yourself as a kid i don't know yeah. or well if if she was 12 around this time like there's the possibility of puberty and whatnot like i guess if you were to talk to somebody they would try to say like oh you're just going through some mental and physical changes at this time oh yeah absolutely yeah. And, and don't mistake that i'm not trying to be gross but that's why uh, more commonly females are clairvoyants and more in touch with the paranormal because of their menstrual cycle. Uh, well, I mean, technically when they're becoming women, right? Mm-hmm. When they, they first start their period, a lot of those abilities come into reality when that happens. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Who knows what was going on at this time with this child? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there could have been a lot of things. And let's not mistake. I mean, this is a a low income family, mm-hmm. so from at least from my understanding, from their background, they, there was already a troubled background there. Yeah, yeah. The, so I remember hearing something like there. That. I mean, there, there could have been there could have been all kinds of possibilities that uh, this little girl could have been affected by yeah, that yeah. is manifesting so, itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, like like you said, I mean, trying to explain these things, I, I could only imagine being a twelve year old not having the experiences that an adult does, mm-hmm. trying to explain these things. You know, yeah, like yeah. a like a non 
I feel like living thing. Yeah, a well-meaning adult would say something like that to just be like, "No, babe, you're you're good." Like right. you're just you're just experiencing these things because of your changes, whatever. But right, right. And and I I imagine that that's what would happen. But yeah, that's something still that is pretty unexplained. I just what what was <laughs> the it's the one thing that got me was like the kid flies out the restroom like somebody threw him. That's <laughs> yeah. something intense because you know yeah. I have to, I have a wild <laughs> child so. <laughs> <laughs> or well, the the one that freaks me out is the sitting in the closet alone talking to. That's a, normal to me. <laughs> you know, that, I, that would be like okay, well, you know, you tell your little friend he better be paying some rent. He's gonna be here, but to actually see him like get like thrown out of a bar kind of thing where like, my kid's butt naked and he just flies out of there. <laughs> that would I be like, what the hell happened? In there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I again. I picture Sal just like. Yeah. Oh, so you want to like getting back up and like, oh, you want to fuck around? And he rolls his sleeves up and goes right back in there. I think it would be more like throw me faster. <laughs> My child is a normal child. <laughs> Anywho's, um, let's move on. So to cope with the craziness, sometimes the family would uh, sleep in a hotel. Uh, on April 19th, 2012, the family went to a family physician, Dr. Jeffrey Onyeku. I'm sure I'm butchering that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, sounded, I got the same thing and I'm trying. That's completely. It sounded beautiful to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anywho. So to report what had been happening to them. After the visit, he noted that they were experiencing delusions of ghosts in homes and hallucinations. What happens next is witnessed by professionals. The youngest son began to curse at the doctor in a demonic voice and then was lifted up and thrown into the wall with no one touching him. He passed out and wouldn't come to, so they had to call 911. Multiple ambulances arrived with seven to eight police officers. They transported the children to Methodist Hospital's Gary Campus, where the youngest son continued to scream and thrash and took five men to hold him down. Around this time, someone called DCS, which is, I think, basically their, their form of child protective services, um, to investigate the Ammons family, since they believed that, the, that Ammons was suffering from a mental illness and that the kids were acting out after she encouraged their behavior. Family case manager Valerie Washington handled the case with the family. After the kids were inspected, they were not found with any marks or bruising. Ammons was evaluated by a hospital psychiatrist and was determined to be of sound mind. While Washington interviewed the family, the seven-year-old began growling and baring his teeth to his older brother and began to choke him. That's such a primal thing to do i guess yeah that's it. yeah you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's not oh this is just the beginning but yeah <laughs> but just just the simple fact the the that that's uh basically a predatory defense mm -hmm. aggressive kind of thing where you show right. you know you show your teeth to show your dominance that's such a like a focal thing i guess to do around you know and that that's strangers yeah and that's something that i've never really heard any paranormal investigator or any demonologist explain is why because you hear that right like the guttural growls and all of that but is that because like these demons are so old or these entities whatever you want to call them are so old that that's what they resort back to is some type of animalistic 
uh, exertion of power, right? Like this is this is what we do to show you that we are intimidating and we are at the top of you know yeah we, whatever mean, totem pole that we're, it, there is. It all stems from somewhere, you know. The, right, uh, right. So I'm pretty sure that's it. The, the thing that I'm kind of taken back on is you know this kid got thrown. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like and, and nobody when, touched him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's a. That's a pretty big task to do, even for like a kid, yeah. you know, to make it seem like, you know. Well, you'll you'll be surprised in the next couple of sentences. <laughs> well, I mean, then five grown men to hold him down. Yeah. That's also very. Well, I, I mean, I want to say that I think it would take 10 to hold Sal down. So I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just I handled, you know, that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that Renaissance painting of Hercules fighting that lion. <laughs> That's me every day, man. But so, yeah, I'm just—I yeah. get so out of breath sometimes. You should see You know her. what? His his own pediatrician, like when we went to our last checkup, she was so out of breath because like they were literally like fucking Goku and fucking Frieza fighting. I was like, Jesus Christ! The boy has got some good reflexes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. He'll juke him out. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> um. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. So he, he buried his teeth to the older brother to choke him. He refused to stop until adults literally had to pry his hands off of his throat. Later that day, Washington and a registered nurse were in a small exam room together with the boys in Campbell to interview them. So boys, the registered nurse, there's grandma, and then the lady that's interviewing them. So that's right. one. Hey, that's the no, no, no. That isn't the D- DCS caseworker, right? Yes, that is. That the, is her. Okay. Yes. The Valerie, right? That's her name. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So. Oh, so I'm, I'm sorry. No. So Valerie, she is going to be kind of a prominent figure to yes. a portion portion of this. So th- this is like her first entry. Yes. Like, and she will her con- initial encounter with yes. this is okay. And you got to And like I said, my sister, this is just the beginning. Do you guys yeah. have any kind of like uh, background on her as far as like uh, uh, how so, old she is, that kind of stuff? Um, she seemed middle aged. She was in, yeah. in the Demon House documentary. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she looked like a seasoned worker. Yeah, she said oh, yeah. that. Like, oh, yeah. Um, like so, one of her quotes is that she had seen like the horrors of humanity without you know, having to hear stories From of like demons paranormal and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so she's been so, through the... Through yeah, the, she's been through, through this. And okay. she's also quoted, granted, you know, you could say whatever you want, right? I, I could say I don't believe, but I really do believe. But she is quoted as saying that she is not a believer in the paranormal. Yeah, so so she she's real... She seemed like she had her, her feet firm into, like, reality and whatnot. So, so during this time... Again, the seven-year-old began to growl at his older brother and said in an unnaturally deep voice, it's time to die. I will kill you. At this same time, the older brother began to headbutt his grandmother in the stomach. Mm -hmm. She grabbed her grandson's hands and started praying. He then proceeded to grin at her evilly and then walk backward up the wall to the ceiling and then flipped over her landing on his feet. And it's said that he never let go of his grandmother's hands, but I don't understand how that would work if he's like starting off on one side and then ending up on the other. Well, I mean, so uh, uh, picture the grandmother facing the, the, the wall, right? Facing the wall with the child in front of her facing her. Yeah. And that's when he goes back. And that's when he starts to walk backwards. 
And this is a part of one of my theories at the end, right? Because I'm handling the theories in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as long as pressure is being applied outwards and inwards, mm-hmm. technically he could do this. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> just realistically speaking, you, this is something you'd probably have to practice or be really and, good at. And that that is absolutely correct because they did have enough time to practice this from when uh, they initially were going to go to the hospital to actually getting to the hospital. And even before that, I mean, if if anything is to be believed after this, any of the evidence, I, have seen, I mean, this could have been all set up to begin with. I've seen child plays and I've been to my fair <laughs> share of recitals and I can tell you that unless it is a prodigy, the kids aren't that good. <laughs> Just y'all are parents out there. And, you know, you've tried to rehearse with your kids or something and maybe I'm wrong. Tell me, yeah, you know what? My kid would be able to pull that off. You know, I, I think I think with Caleb, I think I could do it. <laughs> I honestly think because so I think sturdy. he's the nine year old, right? This is the nine year old um, or I, is this the. Yeah, I believe it's the nine year old. This is the nine year old. So, I mean, I, I totally can believe that Caleb could do this. Honestly, I mean, Caleb, Caleb now is giving me some fucking run for my money. Now, sometimes <laughs> that little motherfucker, Yeah, but you'd have to incentivize them. You know, it's just there. So uh, again, uh, this is going to come up in, in the later part, my part of the, the, this episode. I mean, these kids could have been in easily influenced by their parents. Right. And then their religious beliefs and all they had to have done is just go along with them. Oh, so, much. yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty debated, topic because i mean to to kind of manipulate kids like this was it's one to say like no this all happened because they were perfectly going along with all of this or two this was really cruel to make them believe this and make them go along with this yeah Yeah, so it's both sides suck i guess oh yeah 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 i mean there really is well technically i guess there really is a winner in this but there really isn't a winner in this because i mean latoya did get big large amounts of, of money off of this Did she? but yeah she i mean she signed the, a deal there oh. there is a, a movie that is based on this story yeah she did sell the rights and so did uh, this sleazy fucking father what father I didn't Maginot. Know about, oh that guy yeah but i'm saying like what would i don't know i guess for me it's it's I guess the dedication that it would take for something like yeah, this. Yeah, and you're you know right, I mean? and you're right. I mean, you uh, kind of not even knowing about this story, already having all these doubts and questions. That is already the validity of this entire story. Is either you believe it or you don't, because there's like really no middle ground in this. Yeah, there, there really isn't. That, yeah. I mean, as far as from the facts that I've heard, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. Well, you've heard accounts. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Sorry, accounts of this. Yeah. Continue okay. then. Yeah. So uh, both the RN and the social worker both basically ran out of the room when this happened. Right. So when the police questioned the DCS worker, she confirms what she saw and said that he glided backward on the floor, wall, and ceiling. When a doctor asked the boy to do it again, he said he didn't remember what happened and was back to normal. See, that's another thing right there. Like, again, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but. I know a lot of medical staff people and they're fucking hard as shit. So, you know, for them to actually be like, yeah, that boy was crawling on the wall. And then some of them would be like, you better get off that damn wall. (laughs) My shit's almost over. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I don't need this shit right now. (laughs) You know, (laughs) sorry. Okay. So the next day was the youngest son's birthday. He turned eight. 
Sadly, DCS took custody of the children with an emergency court order reporting that all of the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress. This is when Reverend Michael Maginot enters the story. Oh, God. <laughs> Even that name just invokes <laughs> just... It just shivers down my it's spine. Just, uh, it's just no shame. Is this Catholic Church? Um, I don't. Remember. They were Christians. Christian soul. Yeah, is it like Christians? Oh, okay, all right. So, anyways, not, not saying anything about Christians. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, just saying, It's about just this particular yeah. individual. Yeah, he he. Oh god, he makes me not like him very much. <laughs> just so god. he was contacted by the hospital chaplain and asked to perform an exorcism on the nine-year-old. He interviewed Ammons and Campbell to try and rule out natural causes for the occurrences. During the interview, he witnessed a bathroom light flickering that would never that would stop every time he would walk over to investigate it, Venetian blinds in the kitchen that would swing despite there being no wind, and wet footprints in the living room. After four hours, he was convinced the family was being tormented by demons and that there were ghosts in the house. A week later... Police and the DCS caseworker were back at the house to check the condition of the home. In photos of the house, strange shadows and mists were caught. During this time is when an officer visits the house and has an incident in the basement. While preparing to leave back up the stairs, he notices that the entire basement is laid with concrete, but there is dirt under the stairs. Yeah, so uh, upon closer inspection, he sees a pan on the floor with a candle inside. That's when things started occurring. There are two doors in the basement. One of the doors would be found in different positions of opening, even though no one had been going through them. An unidentifiable voice in their audio recording from the authorities picked up someone saying, hey, that no one heard in person. The same officer from earlier claims that on his drive home from drive away from the house, he had pulled into a gas station parking lot and that the car uh, radio turned to static. And the, then a voice was heard like barking out, who in there? What the hell? Yeah. Okay. That's, I didn't hear that one. Yeah. And in the, the documentary, he's like saying, like giving his account. Okay. And like he... He's, I couldn't do it as scary as he did, but uh-huh. like it's, it sounded really threatening. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know about that. I thought this was the one also where his seat had adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so, take down that note because yeah. like I was going between like two or three articles. Anywho's. So three police officers would later dig in the basement under the stairs about four feet down and found a pink press on nail and women's panties, as well as a comb, two children's socks, a heavy bar, and a red tin. That's, yeah, it was just a bunch of random yeah, stuff. Also, also random. I hate the word panties. Why? So, <laughs> just, you could have weird. said undergarments. Yeah, well, that's what said, they describe it as. Yeah, I understand that. We could have said women's underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bunch <laughs> well, of... Because you, for a word you really hate, you really well, accentuated panties. How did I accentuate it? Oh, well, it's because I I was thinking of The Officer because this was like... A direct quote that I took from him. I, I think the reason why is because we've associated panties with being little little women, little girls, and maybe that's just why. being. Uh, you why know, would he call it that? Then? What? And yeah, I just, I, that's what you call women's underwear panties. That's just you know, uh, like don't get your panties in a, in a twist <laughs> kind of thing. 
That's get your a, underoos in a twist. Yeah, you never say like, you know, don't get your women's underwear tangled up, sir. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> in a center room on the first floor, oil was dripping from the middle of the blinds that could not be explained. They wiped the blinds down and left the room. To make sure that no one was going in to put more oil on the blinds, they secretly left a Q-tip at the bottom of the door that would fall down if opened. When they returned, the Q-tip was still in place and the blinds were dripping with oil. That, that just means maybe it didn't come in through the front door, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So a CPS worker opened a cabinet and touched fluid that was in there similar to what was on the blinds. After touching it, her finger went white as if the blood was drained and she had to leave the house after that. And there's actually a photo of it, like where the rest of her hand looks normal and then like the her pinky finger literally looks like paper white. Wow. So, I mean, that's also pretty good, you know, documentation. Because so, that's the first thing you would. So again, do, right. Uh, again, it's either you believe this or you don't because you're saying like, wow, man, that's a really good account. But then on the other side of this is like, well, if there's so much of this shit, take some of it and go get it tested. Well, See what it is. True. I, the thing with me would be like, wow, like check out my finger, man. It's fucking weird. And then, you know, take <laughs> oh, a picture well, of it. She, you know she what I mean? also <laughs> reported that it felt broken. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I'd be like, my goddamn job, but if you're paying for this. Well, fuck it. I mean, if I, st- I mean, if I stick my finger in ammonia, I'm pretty sure it's going to feel the same fucking way and look the same way. Uh, right. I mean, so. I, again, like I said, you, you there is no yeah. like middle ground on this. It's either. I mean, if it's if it's a sticky substance, <laughs> you know, put some damn gloves on. Come on <laughs> now, let's <laughs> let's be realistic. Here. If it's a sticky white substance, don't yeah. taste it. <laughs> Do like, not taste it. You know, again, ammonia, bleach, all these chemicals that were to cause that they have yeah. very strong odors, so they would probably oh, be like. True. That's true. You know, it, it smelled like the where they were doing the cleansing stuff with the sulfur. It's a very I've done cleansings with sulfur and it's very potent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. But again, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's take 50, it. 50, yeah, no. Take it yeah. and get it tested. Let, let me see what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so unfortunately, the court granted temporary wardship of the three t- children. DCS found that Ammons neglected her children's education by not having them in school regularly something that had also happened in 2009. Ammons said she would sometimes keep the kids home from school because the spirits would make them sick or they would be up all night without sleep. The two oldest were sent to St. Joseph's Carmelite home in East Chicago, while the, younger, the, while the youngest was sent to Christian Haven in Wheatfield for a psychiatric evaluation. His psychologist said he tended to act possessed when challenged redirected or asked questions he didn't want to answer, but otherwise was coherent and logical. During this time, Ammons was examined several times by psychologists and all concluded that she did not seem to be experiencing symptoms of psychosis or thought disorder. But still, Ammons and the kids continued to insist they were possessed. The courts decided that Ammons had to work towards some goals to reunite with her kids. First, to find a different form of discipline that did not involve anything related to religion or demonic possession and instead would be rules and boundaries and withholding privileges. Okay, so again, now I'm sorry to cut this off. So is there any kind of account of what kind of a mother she was? Is there like 
I don't know. No, they, they don't really know. bring her character into... Not really. No, no not, not necessarily. I mean, the way it's going right now, you've got the court settled in. You're, you've just been taking custody. Why wouldn't you just be like, you know what? My kids are taken away from me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to pay off in the end. If I'm going to get these movie deals, these book deals, I kind of want my kids. You yeah, know, I mean, that, that's a damn good point. One that I, I didn't think of. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, when is enough like, enough? Yeah, when is the jig up? Yeah, right. Like they've like, just taken my kids. I love them. I did put them through this. I'm just going to go ahead and call the whole thing off. Fuck yeah, it. I want yeah. my kids back. Yeah, I mean, she stuck to her guns. It's a damn good point that I didn't really even think about. Wow. Oh, as a mom, I just can't imagine, like, willingly somebody, like... Yeah, but at that point, I would consider her to be lying, you know, the amount of time it took for them to get the kids, though, is still a long time, I think. Yeah, but I would think even if it was really happening, most parents would lie and be like, you're right, you know, there is no quantity. Yeah, you're right. I just want my kids back, you know, like, you're right, I made it all up. Just give me my kids back yeah. and tell the kids, hey, let's never talk about this again or they'll separate us. Yeah. All right. Well, the other condition was that she also had to find different housing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after this is when Majinal would do a minor exorcism on Ammons. After the minor exorcism, he told her to find out the names of the demons that are tormenting them by studying the effects they they have on people, which I think is such a fucking cop out like. <laughs> that's your job sir yeah that, that i want to say you know being really deeply involved in stuff like that the, that is very much he's lazy like work. that's 200 there's 200 <laughs> i'm not doing that or, yeah or just the fact that they said it's 200 so essentially you've got like a legion case going on but you know i i, I could too much detail but yes that is very sloppy work on his behalf like yeah tell me who they are then i'll help you yeah so um when they were doing the research uh the computer that, that they were using kept on like shutting down and whatnot so anyway so among the names were belzebub who was lord of the flies and found names of demons that hurt children higher ranking demons were attacking her specifically including lieutenants and sergeants of hell. Do you know what book they're using? If they're using the I don't Quimorum, know. I don't um, know. The Solomon Keys, you know, that and, kind of stuff. And this is another thing. I, you know, So going back to, to what you're saying, is I, I don't know uh, what they're using, but this isn't necessarily the fucking president of the United States. This isn't, you know, some diplomat yeah, it's or anything. So low-income mom that yeah, just got her kids why, taken away. Why would any of these high-ranking demons right because there is a a book on the demon you know ranking in hell and stuff there's actually a little fun fact about it it was uh you have two books uh the lesser keys of solomon and they do rank them all out and they were written by two distinct authors and i think it is number 42 is where the switcheroo happens in Mm -hmm. both books so one person uh, omitted one and brought one in and then the other person did the same thing so right. it's, it's kind of like a tomfoolery going on there huh. or you gotta buy both books no but <laughs> it was, it was, you know french guys you know I, it was just a, a whole thing where you don't know which one tony parker yeah that's the only french guy I know. <laughs> but, anyways yeah. but but so i mean just kind of going back to what i was saying like these aren't necessarily important figures mm-hmm. or you don't know if it's going to pay out all the work you're putting into it. You know, as well, far I'm, as I'm talking about like, so if this was a legitimate haunting, okay. why would you bring out like Belzebub? I, as far as I know, 
he is at least within like the top 10 ranking of like the 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 demons of hell well the the way that that usually uh, from my understanding the way that it works it's not who you're picking but the amount of suffering i guess you're bringing in and the amount of energy you're able to extract from i guess okay. who the people that okay. you're tormenting to because like i said she's sticking to her guns that this is it so she's basically getting more isolated from the people that her peers or people that were respect her she's losing a lot of that yeah. uh, essentially it, it's a bringing it to the lowest point of her life mm-hmm. okay okay aside yeah. from when the money comes in <laughs> later on <laughs> which you know Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so anyways, so after that, Majina was given permission to do another exorcism with the backing of the Catholic Church now. Majino ended up doing three major exorcisms on Ammons. After the final exorcism, Ammon said she no longer lived in fear and had at that point moved to Indianapolis while her kids were still in the care of DCS. After six months, Ammons was reunited with her children in November of 2012. That is a lot of time. I know. Kids. Um, so yeah. The, yeah. the case, uh, like caseworkers continued to check up on them. The case was officially closed in February of 2013. So four months later. Six months. Wow. That's a long time. Three to actually months. Keep, oh, you said <laughs> so, no, six months. The, or, the, well, yeah, sorry. They were gone for six, six months. months. But, uh, and initially, although that's, I yeah. don't even see... That's why I'm saying, like, as far as a cop out, you know, yeah, the the Beelzebub thing, I do feel that that's very cliche where they want to like bring big, big A list hitters to the the club. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and and you're right, like, you're gonna tell me Zozo was here, yeah, you know, there's there's a bunch of other ones that they could have picked if they were to go through the Gamorian, like, you know, uh. Sea uh, tree, Bjor, they can go through the whole list and yeah. name things out that would have. I, I always guess, thought his name was Beelzebub. Beelzebub, Beelzebub. Uh, I mean, I guess you could. It's <laughs> but just... I always thought like of an angry fat bee. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're you're thinking of uh, of uh, Tenacious D. Well, the funny thing is in the Grimorium, they actually give you descriptions of what they look like oh, when yeah, they're going to yeah, appear. And yeah. some of them are like, it's a head with like 10 feet around it. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's why in Hereditary, they had a Paimon or something. Yeah, there you right, go. Right. Yeah. But anywho's. So. I think, I think we're, we're getting to uh, Jesse's. Actually, nemesis. that's literally the first enter. Or, okay, so. <laughs> Enter. Oh, I, am I? <laughs> You're about to get the fun part. Enter Zach Bagans. <laughs> you already felt this. <laughs> he felt it already. Yeah. <laughs> enter Zach Bagans. Also, a warning. I will not enter Zach Bagans. <laughs> not even if he pays me. Wait, how much? <laughs> anyway, so as a warning to our listeners, if you have not seen Bagans' Demon House, this uh, section of the episode will ruin the movie for you. Uh, so if you haven't he listened, the movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. If, if you haven't watched the movie and you don't want it to be ruined, skip ahead. Look, you know what? If you want Zach Baggins to be ruined for you, period, look up his time on Wheel of Fortune, and oh, it will not. <laughs> Anyways. Not Anyways, also, um, I am giving a trigger warning during this portion of the story. There is talk about suicide. Oh, I thought I was like, you already said his name to me. <laughs> Shut the up. trigger has happened. <laughs> the air punch was thrown. <laughs> okay. 
So on March 16th, 2018, Zach Bagans released his own self-directed movie about the house called Demon House. Mm-hmm. It was reported that he bought the house for $35,000 sight, mm-hmm. un- sight unseen so that he could investigate it himself. Some claims that were made at the beginning of the documentary are that Bagans had investigated over 1,000 hauntings. He fell ill and couldn't leave his room for eight days. Crew members quit on the spot or had to get fired. Some witnesses and experts ended up in the hospital and that this film took three years to complete. (laughs) Yeah. Three years, I see. Yeah, that's a long time, I think, <laughs> yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, that is. Slacking so, off the uh, Bagans. <laughs> so skipping ahead for a second, in 2016, Bagans had the house demolished. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people were actually very upset about the way he handled this. Because, uh, so first of all, he had the house cleansed, mm-hmm. right? And what some of the immediate, I, I guess, I, man, it's it's really hard to... To kind of hold any investigator who kind of uh, sensationalizes, evidence. well, that also, right? Because yeah, I'm going to get into that later. But who, any investigator who kind of sensationalizes anything and claims to know like what they're doing, when you get somebody who actually knows what they're doing and calls them out on it, you like it's just like wow, that's what a real. Uh, yeah, you uh, should have sat there and taken it. Put put your point forward. Like yeah, so so like a lot of paranormal investigators actually showed up to watch the house get demolished. I guess, and when they were watching him cleanse the house, they noticed that he didn't open any doors, any windows, nothing for the spirits to be able to be released. Right? Because where are they going to go? They they still are confined by like the I guess the constructs of of uh, physics. Right? Like you cannot exit the house unless you are let out. So he didn't do any of that. Yeah, well, and then on cleansing, top of that, you're supposed to be able to give him essentially a way out, like yeah, a, a, yeah. a release. And, oh. and that's what a lot of the investigators were saying was like, well, it didn't matter what he fucking did because he didn't even do it right. And then on top of that, what he actually did was just kind of give them free reign afterwards to be just as malevolent because he destroyed the house. Yeah, the, like it didn't the matter. The one thing that was actually keeping them exactly yeah and and that's the that's the fucked up thing too is that he did in some baggins way try to do the right thing because the the well supposedly the rubble that was left after the demolishing he actually did collect and then he put it in storage in a nearby uh storage container there in indianapolis or indiana or well in his uh haunted museum he has the basement steps there and then a couple of buckets of the dirt from underneath the basement Which steps. is like at the most, again, why? <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, what What were the, what, what is the relevance to those? Oh, because that's where uh, they, that Bagans considers that there may have been some rituals done under the basement. Well, not only that, okay, let's say that he does know what he's doing. And he did put on a show. And he did know that once you destroy, essentially, the container that holds these, Right, right, demons in because that's what we're calling them demons, right? They're yeah. not uh, poltergeists or, no, or spirits, apparitions that yeah. were considered demonic. Yes, creatures, yeah. right? Okay, so demonic creatures essentially do what they want, right? They're toddlers. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, <and laughs> superpowers. They can leave and they can come as they wish. Right, right. Uh, you really don't have any control. You don't really release them, but I guess. When they are in a infested place, 
they cling on to it. So him taking those things and putting them in that area, essentially you're keeping like a door open for him. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, that defeats the whole purpose of the cleansing, like, <laughs> and you know, getting them. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> yeah, it's it's baggins. Yeah, that's what I was like. This guy. Anyways, so back to Demon House. <laughs> I really can't wait till this episode releases so I can put that picture up on the page. Oh, God. <laughs> so, anywho, in the beginning of the documentary, Bagans describes a dream that he believes was connected to the house before he even knew of the story. In this dream, he has a spirit hanging out with other spirits, and he shows them a trick he can do of moving an object on a table without touching it. God, I, you, should I restart this trying to talk like him? <laughs> no, please don't. I get enough of him with how, you. How about you try to continue with it? Like, All then, right, I'll, I'll let you okay. go ahead. Then he's suddenly in front of a door and he is not in control of his body. The door opens and a 12-foot tall Goat figure is standing there. God, goat, this does. Did you say goat figure? Twelve foot goat figure. Yeah, twelve foot goat figure. Goat figure. It blows dark black smoke from its mouth, and Bagans is forced to inhale it. When he woke up, his lungs were hurting. That's it. Oh wow! <laughs> there you go, bravo. Thank you, bravo. Did that put you like in the movie? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Fucking Bagans. Anywho. So, jump to after Bagans has purchased the house, but has not visited it yet, he receives a text from Chris Fleming, a psychic medium, warning Bagans of the following. And I'm just going to read out the text. I just paused that fucking documentary and typed out his text. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> Hope you're all right and not possessed already. Just got off the phone with Adam Blay. Be safe. Saw visions of this demon being very, very large, almost like a hulking type figure. Horned, turned back. He's Jack, bro. <laughs> and centurion feet. He's yoked. <laughs> Be careful. Adam thinks it's eight or ten on the demonic scale below Satan himself when it what? comes to possession like one of the generals. Oh, my God. And that's the text. And imagine I if I that's would have got that works. text, I would have been freaked out. There's a goat. Yoked up goat man, bro. Been <laughs> doing fucking... Lifts I all fucking day. I've never heard of Chris Fleming, so he could be very respectable. So I kind of feel bad, but if, first oh off, if you, but he started off with "Hey, bro." So I mean, if you have, first off, you should never scale demons in a one through ten because they can be. Is as Satan eleven? No, you 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 can't scale them. They could be uh, playful, malevolent to like very terrible, you know. And they yeah. don't. They're relentless. They never give up. There's people that are still going through these things that just never stop. They either, you know, again, sorry, uh, trigger warning, uh, they commit suicide or they're institutionalized, you know, to deal yeah. with this. Yeah. Know, it's just it, it's it a never-ending thing. It either all ends by the demon's hands, their own hands, or they're just put away forever. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I've never really heard of an account that it ends by them going, okay, we already exercised them. Boom, it's gone. It's usually takes it. They do it and ends and then it comes back and then they live with the fear that it's always going to just happen again. At this point, Ammons and Campbell both refuse to speak with Bagans or the documentary crew because they are scared that the spirits had attached themselves to them. Ammons's brother, Kevin, agrees to speak with them on camera, though. Kevin claims that during that time, 
He would take care of the kids to try and give them relief from the haunting in their own home, but the spirits would follow them. He claims in his living room they began to chant, taking turns, like one of them would start the chant and then like would stop, but right after the other one would start the chant and like they would take turns chanting their creepy stuff. Yeah, that's actually pretty spooky. Yeah, I know. And that's just so, so coordinated for fucking kids. Wow, I, yeah, <laughs> just, holy shit, yeah. So during... It's yeah. like overshadowed by the spookiness that the fact that like, yeah, this seems really coordinated. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, that's a good point. And they have the, their siblings, they're always fighting. Ain't no goddamn way these siblings are that close that they're like, <laughs> okay, we'll do this together. At some point, one of the kids is like, man, screw you, fathead. <laughs> So anyways, uh, during this time, they would take on also the appearance of possession. They began to cuss at their grandmother. Oh, no. Yeah. Bad idea. Anyways, then the kids began to speak to each other and asked, are you ready to go, my brother? Yes, my brother. I'm ready to go. Then an unseen force kept slamming his nephew backwards and forwards. After the meeting between Kevin and Bacon's, Ammons and Campbell refused to let him into their home, fearing demons may have attached to him from Bagans. And during the documentary, they zoom in on a handshake between the two men. To make it really dramatic, <laughs> yeah. you son of a bitch. <laughs> There's the demon exchange. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I thought of the, the oh, predator shit. thing right away. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> they got you pushing. Spitzels. <laughs> 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 Yeah, demon. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. God. Um, so, while filming, a former resident of the house named Mika happened to be parked outside at the same time the crew was there. They let her in the house to explore and took her down to the basement for the first time. She said she never went down while she was living there. In a black screen with white text, it explains, I had dreams in the house where someone I know would die soon. Then my brother, who used to live in the basement, was shot and killed. No one I knew would listen to me, and then it happened. That's why I don't go into the basement. While visiting, a mic picks up a voice that sounds like it's saying, Run, Latoya. And again, that's uh, Mama, Mama Ammons. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, man, I feel bad for that girl. That's Oops. such a thing to Sorry. a credit to, you know, uh, passing. Right, right. Connected strictly to... A house, you know? Yeah. So after Mika and her family leaves, the crew set up an altar in the middle of a room with a surveillance camera. Their surveillance camera picks up Bacon's attacking one of his own crew members named Jay, telling him to get the fuck out and rushed him and slammed him against the wall. Okay. So this is, I guess, where the, the trigger warning comes in. Okay. Sadly, Mika reported that her oldest daughter attempted suicide by trying to overdose and stabbing herself. After that, one of the crew members quit immediately. Mika then brought her daughter back to meet with Bagans and a priest and details that her daughter's suicide attempt included her stabbing holes into her hands similar to the phenomenon stigmata. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's... That's such mm. a cop out too, because of its, its popularity. Stigmata and demon possession are in two different spectrums. Of, yeah, yeah. That's the, why it's yeah. weird. I think. I think they're just grasping at anything Whatever that, sounds that sounds yeah paranormal or scary. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, we're and I again, why if I was Baggins and I knew what the fuck 
was going on here, I would have literally omitted that to not make my documentary sound stupid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. After you just said it right now, even I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, going through accounts, I'm sure Zach is looking at this. Because actually during his Halloween special, he did try to like play off one of his guests on there who almost gave away the game, even though he did give away the game. So I'm sure he has some type of vetting process uh, before he releases anything. If you want to hire me, uh, Mr. Baggins, I'll I'll make you look good. I'll tell you when you're sounding stupid as hell. You know, I'll I'll, I'll do that because there's still people and I'm pointing at Jen that will buy your stuff regardless of how goofy or dumb. I love you, Zach Baggins. Or, you know, it doesn't matter what you really do. Fake. Yeah, you could literally put one of your crew members in a sheet and have them walk across the screen. And people, again, pointing at Jen will be like, man, that yeah. was spooky. That yeah. is legit. That ghost had Air Force Ones. What are you talking about? What is this ghost doing in this house? Is it? Does it have unfinished business? We will never know. I feel like you guys practice his impression like outside of the podcast. I do not. Mm-hmm. I, won't even, I won't even see his show. You put it on and I'm literally just I know. Just like, I, I had to watch the documentary on my phone. <laughs> no, I, I actually saw bits of the documentary. I can't tell you that I sat through the whole thing. I want to say that some of the accounts that the people were actually talking about are very believable. Mm-hmm. But it's when he starts talking. Or, well, yeah. yeah, it's the witnesses that I'm just like, Yeah, they okay. make it. They, you, you believe it. When I, yeah. I don't know right. if you saw it. No, no, I haven't seen so it. So they make it believable. Uh, some of them don't. And then he talks and I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> you just took it out of me. You took big, me out of it. beef head. I love yeah. you. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. Yoked up goat man ever got him. <laughs> so anyways, Dr. Barry. Ta- wait, wait, wait. What? Now I thought about it. Oh, the God. goat man had a vape pin. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the goat bro. He had a vape pin and he blew the, the, Bait oh clouds God. into Baggins' face. Goodbye. <laughs> he breathed it in. <laughs> I hey, should edit that out. Hey, bro, take take a hit of my vape. <laughs> it's Razzleberry. Oh, goodbye, man. goodbye, goodbye. Okay, anyways, so. We call it Bo's a bub. No, bud. Bo's a bud. <laughs> THC's off the chain, dog. Oh, my God. The, you know what? We're going to get haunted tonight because of that. Oh, yeah. That joke. Goatman's going to be like, it's not THC, it's CBD, bro. Oh, God. Anyways, okay, okay, okay. So, Dr. Barry Taff, who was in our last episode for UCLA, he was part yep. of that uh, fucking, uh, oh, God, that faculty group. Um, so, anyways. Uh, Sorry, the white claw is hitting. Yeah, it is. I'm on my second white claw. Okay, so. He is invited to the house to help decipher if high levels of man-made electromagnetic or earth-made geomagnetic energy could be causing false positive paranormal events inside the house. He finds that the house is showing 60 hertz fields, which is above what is normal, but nothing remarkable. The doctor reports pretty much normal readings throughout the house until in the basement where they realize that there are spikes in the readings and that they are transient. So these spikes are moving around in the basement. It's not just one spot. Yeah, right, right. So that's interesting. During filming, the crew caught a black shadow that was only there for a second. 
Later on, a crew member wanders off into the basement alone without anyone noticing. He's later found in a back bedroom where Mika's murdered brother had lived. Back at the hotel, the same cameraman vomited blood in Bacon's restroom. When he <laughs> that's not when he leaves, he begins to start yelling Bacon's name in the hallway in a strange voice and can't be found when they go to look for him. I, that possessed was just him. Jesse. Yeah, that I possessed him. Jesse. That was me. <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> I, Jesse had a limited time in his body, yeah. so he's... Baggins! Yeah, that was me, guys. I'm sorry. I did my astral projection. And he was the closest guy, and uh, I had to let it out. Oh, man, there's a meme I've been meaning to share to the page about astral projection with the guy from Insidious, and it's like... When uh, when you decide you're going to do astral projection for the first time and it's the insidious demon and he's all, bit. <laughs> <laughs> you're very proud of that. <laughs> sounds very begging this. I thought you were going to do a Dom meme. I'm tired of the Dom memes now. Oh, oh no. I never got into those. Anywho. <laughs> so anyways, back to this cameraman. He is then seen running down the hallway saying, I want to go to the house, man. Then begins shouting obscenities at whatever is taunting him in the elevator. So this is all recorded. And yeah, like, I, I, I saw, I saw yeah, this. I feel so bad for him though because like it's like he's a wild animal and they're just recording him like on their phones, obviously on a professional camera. And he's who just, would have known that that would have been readily available. True. Yeah, like okay. you know, you're in your hotel you room. You're not relaxing. You're you not in your underwear. There. You know, you're totally not. Knocking something back, Mr. Baggins. You're always ready to go. <laughs> yoked up goat man's after you. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I'll mention it at the end of this. So the cameraman is said to be known by one of the other crew, mem- crew members for uh, multiple years and had never seen him act like that. Eventually, Baggins chooses to let this crew member go after he continued to be aggressive and act out of control. Um, two floors above while all of this was happening, Dr. Barry Taft reports that he has blood coming out of both of his ears. After returning home, Dr. Taft's organs begin to shut down and fail despite him being in normal health before. So this is finally when Bagans does his alone time in the house. So during Bagans... What would you call it? That? I don't know what it's <laughs> called. Is it dark time? Do a, do a session, night time? He decides to do a session. His alone time is what he can wank it in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what just, I got dis, from Yeah, I was like, disrespect Sorry. the ghost. I more. don't remember what it's hey, called. Uh, dark time? Go do this. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Watch me. Anyways. So during Bagans' time <laughs> in the investigation, he is very reluctant to finally turn off the lights. He first picks up a woman's voice saying, that's my baby, in the kitchen. There are thuds heard throughout the house for no reason, and then he picks up a fucking growl. Understandably, he seems scared and tells it to get away and back the fuck up. He hears thuds in response. (laughs) Not caught on camera is Bagans witnessing what appeared to be a dark mass that came from out of the wall and causing pain from the back of his eyes. Is he, does he have night vision on, or did he just this time choose to go black <laughs> out completely? I don't know. Oh, I was like, I thought this was like part of the movie. Yeah, or well, like, yeah, he's like there alone in the dark. So it's just dark, but 
because I've seen clips where they use the night vision, but this uh-huh. time the night vision wasn't incorporated, I, and I'm doing air quotes. I guess. I don't know. Oh. Huh. So anyways, the next day he develops an eye condition called diplo- diplopia that causes double vision, and now he has to wear prism glasses permanently because of this encounter, I supposedly. That's just because of his ego. He just d- sees double of himself everywhere. He seems really nice. He has a cool dog. Hire me, Baggins. I'm telling you, these these chumps <laughs> eat it up every day. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. I'll make you look good, dog. Promise that. He goes by bro. Oh, yeah. we're, we're switching it up, dog. No. <laughs> Anyways, so after Zach did his night investigation, he had the house demolished. Dr. Barry Taft continues to have health problems. So um, these are just things that I wanted to note. Uh, uh, This is going to be the ending of my notes that happened to people that were in the house that may have been attributed to their visit. So the CPS worker within 30 days of visiting the house received three broken ribs from jet skiing, third degree burns from a motorcycle, a broken hand when she hit a table and a broken ankle from running all within 30 days she sounds like she is very accident prone but <laughs> they're attributing it to the visit at well, this yeah, house within 30 yeah. days that does sound pretty fucking outrageous yeah. even if you're accident prone. imagine the fucking yeah. hospital bills even if you have insurance and i mean again without going too deep into it is this a common pattern who knows i don't know i mean personally yeah. i don't know right but right. 30 days that's <laughs> I mean, then, yeah, I would be so pissed off at you if, you, if that all happened to you within thirty, yeah, within 30 days. days. I'd be like, just sit the fuck down, please. <laughs> Stay <laughs> home. You already, you already well, injured yourself. Last week, Jesse just hurt his fucking shoulder by just turning his that head. So never mind. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, one thing happening to you, I understand, but all those within a month. Yeah, that, you know, that's well, I, I think aside from just how many happen, right? Like just. Fucking shit happens, right? It's one thing to say that, oh man, all these things happening in, in one month is going to be attributed to a to whatever, or is more believable to say that, like, yeah, all of these things just happen because you have bad luck, than you twisting and turning your neck and saying like, oh shit, Zozo made you fucking do that. <laughs> well, I mean, if I twisted again, if at some point you have to realize something's wrong. So if I did have a some kind of supernatural encounter, maybe somewhere around that week. Right. And then while I was at Michael's chillaxing and my son tells me, hey, check that out. And I turn around because maybe he saw a ghost. Then he's like, check it out. <laughs> and when I turned around. To, to point stop, at the plants. Yeah, to stop me. I got, you know, I got the, the bad juju. And that's what made <laughs> me look like I was sliced in the back by an imaginary ninja. You got yoked. Yeah, the goat man. The goat man got you. Yeah, I didn't take a hit off his vape. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't vape. Anyways, the, the tobacco. Okay, no, you, no, you don't. Anyways, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just a undereducated man. <laughs> I used to smoke oregano and thought it was weed. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just a simple man. <laughs> Stop making me fucking laugh, breathe. Anyways, okay. So, um, this next person was a home inspector. A tree nearly fell on his car while he was driving home. He felt as if he was being choked by an unseen force while sleeping, and he developed cancer soon after. Yeah, that was that was a really I felt bad for that insert that I saw of that thing. Oh. 
and then uh, Father Maginot, who is the person that was performing all the exorcisms on Ammons, reported that before the second exorcism, he was riding his bike and that he was thrown off of it somehow and he couldn't figure out how. But uh, he described that like while he was riding his bike, he like people I was, like, were the weakest one at all. I <laughs> yeah. fell off my bike. <laughs> no. I know you got cancer. I know you literally for a month suffered all these things. But I got thrown off my bike. Well, anyway, Go joke, man. <laughs> so he was saying that, like, when he was riding oh, his bike, people were like looking at him, like, at him. yeah, like if something it was, was wrong. I think it was just because he's funny looking. Anyways, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> Captain Austin. Some priest. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> that's us signing off <laughs> Dude, this is where we're ending <laughs> yeah so anywho's um captain austin who was the police officer from earlier uh was talking about uh he was on this talking about the basement dirt so he uh slipped on ice and did a somersault yeah. and landed on his head and uh he was also shot during a home invasion yeah, but survived is, i mean that's again, insane your like, comp Indiana, I don't know if it is anymore, but it was considered the murder capital of the world at some point. This is correct. So, uh, you know, I understand that. But if you're a cop, I I can understand in that state, you're probably pretty tough. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, he seemed real fucking tough. So the fact that he would be like, yeah, it's because of this fucking house. You know, that's I add validity to that because he could have been like, nah, it's just the streets, man. Happens all the time. I get shot. I fall. Blah blah, but if I'm to go like, yeah, this house is fucking weird, man. Yeah, well, I don't. I so I, I have that in my notes right now. Again, like you, you literally just already said it, right? Myrtle Capital of the world. The crime rate at that time was probably the worst that it had been for a good while. Fun fact: and, My dad is from uh, Gary, Indiana. Didn't yeah. your dad also say that he went to school with Michael Jackson? Yes, he did. And he actually, <laughs> at one point, showed me some weird class picture that he never parted with. So he took it with him. <laughs> to the grave. To the Yeah, essentially, to the grave, <laughs> along with like four pairs of my cowboy boots, but whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sound pretty bitter about those cowboys. I'm not bitter. I'm just like, damn, you just left them here before you... <laughs> New Mexico, my okay life. so one more thing i want to add before i finish so in a part of the documentary there's a part where like they're going through the hotel and like it just seems like endless and like i'm so stupid because i was like man these fucking hallways are long as fuck and then like it speeds up and then it ends on fucking yoked up goat man and it scared the fuck out of me <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that how you've uh you accepted yoked up goat man well that's the best way to describe him yeah. because he was a yoked up goat man yeah with little vape on his side well, i'm not talking about the the vape but <laughs> he's got the vape he's a bro did they make smoke come out of his face too on the I documentary think, yeah I'm telling you, he's blowing those clouds. Blowing those clouds. Oh, (laughs) my God. I feel so, like, embarrassed to admit that. (laughs) But anyways. I'd I'd be scared of a yoked up dude blowing vape, too. (laughs) So that is the story. (laughs) That's the story of the Ammons haunting, the 200 Demon House haunting, the Demon House. You know, all of that. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, let's uh, buckle up now because... Here are the facts. Okay. Let's listen to the facts. How much does he bench? 
right now. <laughs> I don't know what a good amount is, so I'm going to say two. Well, no, I'm talking to Eric. He's, he's giving us the facts. He's about to tell us how much oh, gold up yolk, man. You know, I'm actually going to look that up and see how much Zach actually presses. presses. I will see. I will and see how dub, double O. Oh, sorry. Somebody just gushed over here. I know. No shit. Jesus Christ. I'm going to Google it. Like, okay, so I, I sent my <laughs> I sent my sister the picture of Zach on his Wheel of Fortune thing, and her mouth literally just the fucking Sahara, like no thirst at all. She was just like, "Wow, that's, that's oh my god, <laughs> there's an actual article." I'm telling you, Bacon's chest workout ten reps at two hundred and seventy pounds. Two seventy. That means jacked up Goldman has to do at least. <laughs> 350. Oh no, the second like Google search is <laughs> Zach is losing muscle mass and it's from Reddit. Oh, oh no. no. All the gens are crying. Wow. I know. Like when he's in the hallway, <laughs> all I can think of is like you are shaped like a triangle. <laughs> like an inverted triangle. <laughs> Fighting ghosts, man. <laughs> okay, I'm, ghosts. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm going to stop being thirsty for him. Okay, let's Fighting go. Fighting ghosts, man. It gets you better. <laughs> Oh, we fucked up, Eric. We should have been fighting ghosts. We would have been no, no shit. yoked up uh, goat man chasers. <laughs> we would have been yoked up Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay, so let's we, get into the facts now. We uh-huh. eat goats as Mexicans, by the way. Oh, yeah. Cabrito. Yeah, cabrito. If you haven't had it, it's delicious. Yoked up goat man? Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that rump roast. You gotta yeah. have some of it. <laughs> so that's why. See, this that's, is this. Yeah. I can see why my sister does not, would not want to be on YouTube because she, her her like face is not only her eyes are rolling in the back of her head, but like her whole face could roll. Yeah, to the back well, of these her are head. fun facts. That's why goat up yakman, yakman, goatman don't come to us. Uh, they're a delicacy here. Oh we yeah, would, no we shit. We would be at the flea market making money off them. <laughs> to hanging upside down. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into the facts, right? So it is a pretty well documented. Uh, it is pretty well documented that Latoya actually had called the cops on uh, the the. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember what he is. The landlord, Charles Reed, right? She had actually called the cops on him multiple times, saying that he was harassing her by passing by the house, uh, and I guess just watching her because. Uh, it is also noted that she was always behind on her rent. But before the Ammons had actually occupied the home, there were no other accounts of specters, ghosts, or demons. No other paranormal activity was ever reported by any other of the tenants. Charles Reed, the landlord, stated that he had never experienced any supernatural events at the house. His prior tenants also claimed to never have experienced anything. At the time, Latoya had been behind on her rent and would make wild claims of paranormal activity in an attempt to dodge rent, presumably. Well, again, I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate literally here. Not go to, you know, kind of <laughs> advocate. But right. what if it was in the house? What if it was her? Mm-hmm. What yeah, if I mean, she was the, the, the catalyst? Yeah, the nexus of all this happening. Huh. What if they were after her? What if it was in the house? Well, I mean, it, it seems like it had always been her. Yeah. Right. Because I think even at a, at a time, even uh, Michael Ma- Maginot had mentioned like, look, it's it's only affecting your kids, but it is after you. Yeah. And that's why he had because he actually did try to go through. Well, he did go through the Vatican to get these uh, exorcisms 
approved. Yeah, because it, it takes a lot. Like yeah, you have to go yeah. through a, but, the fact that she got some means that they literally found something. Yeah. So uh it was it, it was pretty well known to everybody around them that I mean it, it really was her that it seemed like was the center of yeah, all of the, the, the activity. Yeah. I mean so maybe through those few exorcisms, a couple of those bugs fell off and attached mm. themselves to the house. That's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, like that. I, I, I think that's a it's a possible thing. It happens all the time. You yeah, know, you shake yeah. a you shake a tree. These, you know, things find somewhere to to hide. Yeah, I like that. That's actually pretty. That's a pretty good one, huh? I never really thought about it that way. But <clears throat> so now going towards like the police investigation, right? So the photo that was taken from the outside and what was uh, presumably looked like to show a blurry, distorted image of a person standing in the porch window had in fact been confirmed to not be an official police photo. Right. It was assured by the Hammond police chief, despite the Indianapolis stars captioning it as a photo by the Hammond police. So they said, like, no, that wasn't a that wasn't a police official police photo that was taken by someone else. Mm -hmm. Right. So now to the claims that uh, that Captain Austin's made about his car and how he believed that because his seat was moved, he was going to be in a terrible wreck and all of that. So the claims that of the Captain Austin's motorized car seat moving to demonic intervention was found by his mechanic who, who has been put out and uh, making a statement had just simply been found just to have been broken and needed replacing. Really? Yep. Huh. So, see, like all these other things, like these outrageous claims seem to start to get broken down by simple little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, again, what 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 broke the seat? Yeah. Or that, what? And that's a good question. You know what I mean? What, yeah. If, if it's malevolent, it would seem like an accident or an everyday occurrence until you actually start to notice it, mm-hmm. you know, like. Mm-hmm. What makes you have a good week, but what makes you have a bad week, you know? Mm. When do you feel that chill in the back of your spine that yeah, yeah, yeah. makes you wonder, hey, is there something making me feel this way? Is this why my week's like this? Because you don't attribute it to your good week where you're, you know, on cloud nine. So, I mean, he had to have felt some type of way in order for mm. him to actually, I guess... So it. I guess technically we would be getting into it a little bit later uh, in this portion, right? So, well, actually right here, <clears throat> everyone that was directly involved with the case has openly confirmed their superstitions or high religious beliefs, adding to the skepticism that all of the accounts may be biased. True. Confirmation bias is defined by the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. So basically, it's like any common day occurrence, if it's bad, they automatically attribute it. Yeah. yeah, They attribute it to something that's going on right now. Do do they ignore facts that don't fit their narrative when it's a... Yes. Yes. Okay. They, They completely ignore those facts. So, like the example of Maginot falling off his bike, you yeah. hit it right on the head because that—that that is literally what Joe Nichols had, had kind of said or uh, believed, or maybe it was somebody else. I, I might be getting a mistake in who said it, but yeah, it's exactly that. Like, dude, you just fall off their bikes off the bike, all yeah. the fucking time. Yeah. 
but because he had a connection to Latoya and the house, and the house he attributed to that. He attributed it to that. Interesting, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, if I fall off or I hurt my shoulder or whatever, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, you know what, I'm just getting old. But if I have some kind of premonition or dream the right. day before, and then you have that deja, everybody experiences that kind of deja vu feeling, and then something terrible happens to me. I'll be like, wow, this was literally what it was warning me about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So from previous interviews, we know that Latoya, Rosa, and Michael Maginot were all Christians. Captain Charles Austin had also even confirmed that he believed in the supernatural and spirits and ghosts prior to working the case. These belief systems could have influenced that uh, these individuals to believe that any of the coincidence could, have, could be explained by some malevolent spirit or demon. It's not hard to believe that a radio could suddenly die or run out of batteries or that Maginot falling off his bike were uncommon occurrences. But the two, two things all these witnesses had in common was a strong belief system and a tie to the Ammons case and accounts. Uh, so it's again, it's just like, uh, again, like Jesse had kind of already said, knowing that. Indiana was considered, you know, the, the murder capital. So mm -hmm. the cop getting shot, not too hard to believe, but very easy to explain by saying like, oh, man, you know, demons are doing this because I'm yeah. involved with this case. There was one part of the documentary that kind of upset me because um, Biggins is talking to like a group of kids and he's t like talking to them and he's like, yeah, you, you regularly hear gunshots around your neighborhood. And they're all like, yeah, I'm just like. Okay, but why do you have to bring that into the documentary? Like, it like really he, doesn't have anything <laughs> to do with the rest of it. <laughs> this is true. But, I mean, even that, like, again, you're even just kind of proving the whole thing all in itself is just like, look, man, like, this this is kind of a, a, a heavy crimed area. Mm -hmm. So that I, is common. I think. And then, like, the cop slipping, right? Yeah. This is fucking Indiana. Yeah, Indiana winter. Everywhere, yeah. <laughs> There's ice everywhere. You're going to fall. You're going to yeah, bust your absolutely. ass. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think the whole fact is maybe he was trying to prove that uh, the kids are kind of hardened. So if something spooky does happen, they wouldn't attribute it to that. They would know, hey, you know what? That's just how it is out here. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. So now to the claims of the 12-year-old little girl having been levitated above her bed would be a terrifying and significant only because this would have been the first time that it would have ever been recorded in paranormal scientific history. Latoya has given many versions of the, this feat, but when she mentioned the incident on Inside Edition, the Ammons episode of 2014, she did not use the word levitation. Rather, she claimed that she watched it, I'm using quotations, it attack, and it raised her up off the bed, snatched her off the bed, kind of describing like if it was a quick action, and not a prolonged floating. Really? Yes. Okay, that's so strange because like in her, in the one that I read, it was like Is they had to pray for her to come down. Again, right. this interview, did it take place... Before or after the whole dispute with Baggins about the, uh, you know what? That's a good question. I, I would do think I know. I think that would add to the bitterness of going. You know what? No, nah, this is all bullshit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You it's know true. that's that's pretty true. Uh, so to the physician Jeffrey Onikua, 
had been skeptical of the entire incident, right? Like you had mentioned and was not witness to any of the paranormal incidents. But in his medical report, he wrote, quote, delusions of ghosts in the home and hallucinations. The Ammons children had a history of irregular school attendance with a complaint filed against the Ammons in 2009. In 2012 is when she would uh, she blamed her children's continued irregular attendance on the purported demonic activity. Right. So there was already a case open on them not going to school. It's not until like, you know, caseworkers started getting involved that she started even, I guess, trying to create these excuses. Yeah. But and who knows? Maybe what, that was the beginning of it all. But was that's that's like, I guess one of the other things that I would look into is like, did she have some kind of substance abuse problem? Did she have some kind of drinking problem? I don't think they reported any type of thing yeah. like that. Because well, I mean, so uh, from a, a lot of the the psychological evaluations, they always said that she was a sound mind, mm-hmm. and I don't doubt that. Yeah, I mean, tell me that she had a substance abuse. I'd be like, yeah, that's what it is. Right, uh, right. At that poverty level in Indiana, Indiana's one of the most not well-off states uh in the u.s so the fact that she was late on her uh her rent as a single mother with these kids i i believe it um the fact that she couldn't talk to the landlord and tell him hey you know what i'm a little bit behind Mm -hmm. it's the most reasonable route to take as a human being yeah you know you see the kids you see me you see nobody else involved i'm a little bit behind Mm -hmm. but to actually go up to the person that's renting your house and go there's fucking ghosts in here. <laughs> is yeah. Like I said, it's a bold step to take. Yeah. Especially you can say you've never had anything reported, but you know, who would tell you, like, yeah, you know, I did see ghosts in here that wouldn't be ridiculed. It's still a thing that's, you know, right. kind of frowned upon. Especially, you know, in that area, being Christian. Right. You know, if you Say you see ghosts, that means you have, must be intertwined with some kind of demonic stuff for you to actually not be right. in the good graces of the Lord. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just I speaking know. based on that. Whenever you do, if you're in a firm foundation of Christianity or, or the Roman Catholic faith, when you say these things, the stigma of you did something wrong or you were sinning in some type of way or yeah, not doing yeah. kind of follows it. Like this is your fault if it's happening to you. I've never felt that way or like thought about that way about somebody. Well, like, not, not, I'm not saying you, I'm saying when you say it to other people in that same faith, mm-hmm. that's what they would attribute to. Or well, technically we grew up as Catholics. Yeah, technically. Yeah. Technically, but Catholics, that's what they think. That's yeah, the only yeah. reason you invite. That's why I'm pretty. If you're Catholic, you're like, don't do that. You're inviting the devil in, basically. You know what? Our parents never like drilled that into us. Yeah. We're over here like, fuck yeah, we boards. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but an unmarried woman with kids, that's the first thing I would tell you. Well, you know, that's happening because you know of these things. Yeah, of these reasons. You're inviting. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need huh. to go to church huh. a little bit more. You know, it, it's the stigma. Of why Sounds people very say. judgmental. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but yeah, religion is very judgmental. Jen, I don't know if you've never. (laughs) So, uh, just to affirm, like, all of these things, just to confirm, this is, like, kind of the report from the DCS uh, involvement. So, as mentioned before, the DCS had already been involved with LaToya 
and the claims uh, made about the children missing school due to spirits making them sick or keeping them up at night was not the first time the DCS was in contact with the Adams family. DCS had reported that there had already been a previous case opened on the family regarding educational neglect in 2009. So the children were also seen by psychologists and several professionals had concluded, quote, the children were acting deceptively and in accordance with their mother's beliefs. Tracy White, a psychologist, noted that the youngest son acted possessed whenever he was challenged or were asked questions that he did not wish to answer. So I, I could see that happening, though, like, you're not my mom. I'm going to do what, like, gets her attention and praise and whatnot. Yeah, and technically, yeah. it's not praise, but it's attention. And right, that's right. basically what kids want. Yeah, exactly. Damn, that's a good point. That is a really good point. That or <clears throat> let's say they did see something and they mimic it. Mm. Maybe. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a fair point. Yeah, it's it's fifty fifty. I want to say either that's the attention that you get, but then again, single mom, kids, mm-hmm. factor in is he would have been lashing out in school anyways. These would have been troubled kids to begin with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. it's a very slippery slope. Oh, to, well, they weren't to go going down. to school enough to begin with, so. Yeah, well, I mean, they, <laughs> but you would have. The days that they were there, it would have been some kind of, you know, yeah. shit show. Huh. Okay. So this kind of brings me to the clashing of two greedy people. I mean, could this have been just two greedy people uh, meeting each other at a time where it could have exposed the whole story, right? So Latoya possibly setting this all up and then Zach coming and almost fucking up her plan. Okay. Possibly, right? So was this all set up to gain as much as they could, right, Latoya and the Ammons family? Did the Ammons pull off the biggest hoax? It's reported that even the Baggins document, uh, documentary that Latoya did not want to be involved with the film due to a disagreement in the deal for the film mm-hmm. because there was none. Like I had said, he, they kind of ambushed her uh Saying that they wanted to investigate the house, they they found her in Indianapolis. Yeah, they like you know what? Did you see how they found her? No, I didn't. Okay, so he was like searching for her on the internet, right? And he found her on a separate news story that had nothing to do with <laughs> the the haunting. It was like about the condition of the apartments she was in, mm-hmm. and she just happened to be like showing like the apartment complex or something and so they like found her that way and they kind of like just showed up and that's why and that's why they refused to talk to them but kevin the brother agreed to right but that's how they found her which is just like insane it i'm just like are you nev from catfish or something but (laughs) well you've got to understand this this is what he does this is oh yeah yeah money so he not saying that maybe it is but if i'm speaking to it as a person that's making money off of these flim flams i already would have been like this is what i want Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it hasn't picked up traction yet i'm gonna sensationalize it and you know absolutely yeah so what isn't mentioned though is that latoya is actually in the process of making a separate hollywood deal and uh, did not like that Baggins was trying to capitalize on her story without giving her a cut. 
So oh. I didn't know you were, if you were aware. I didn't know about that. No. Yeah. He, in, he even confirms this in the Demon House documentary. Later, even Michael Maginot signed a deal with Tony DeRosa Grund, responsible of the famous Conjuring movies. Hmm. So, yeah, everybody is making money off of this story. Yeah, everybody mm. wants a piece of that. Yep. Pie. What would Maginot even do with the money, though? He's he's a priest or something. <laughs> you would think that they don't, but they do. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is why, like, I, I've read so much about him. It just makes me feel like he's a slime ball. Oh, maybe just, maybe okay. if this was, like, in the olden days where they were actually forced not to take part oh, of the yeah, yeah. earthly possessions but you're talking about these guys are riding around in like your jets and you know mansions peter pop off and i'm talking about our houston guy <laughs> fuck that joel osteen motherfucker. yeah sorry people sorry. people have branded him now as a motivational speaker oh Jesus is that what he Christ. is now yeah okay they're, they're, yeah. he's just a motivational speaker. that's more accurate at least than compared to what was he you uh, know that's that's fair i'll say that he's that's more accurate than being a religious leader yeah. No, but he still says that he is. But when confronted legally, he's just a motivational oh, like speaker. Zach would have to be like, well, I'm an entertainer. Yeah, like that. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's the thing. So now Ooh, we get... That, wait, was that a shot at Mr. Baggins from oh, Mrs. Baggins? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. Don't worry, Zach. I get it all the time. <laughs> oh, you're that's funny. Get, you're going to get a hit too, Papa. Don't <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm I'm uneducated and you're just an entertainer boy. <laughs> when oh, that white claw hits, it hits. <laughs> Continue, Eric. <laughs> Would it be funny if he tweets that cut deep? <laughs> I don't. You know oh, what? Man. I don't know. I know I have a Twitter that I don't use, but I think I follow him on there. You cut deep, wow. <laughs> I don't even know my Twitter handle. I've, I've never been hurt so bad. <laughs> Anyways. So the next part, though, is uh, one that I would recommend to anybody reading because this is probably like the most. Sorry, Jesse, you're yeah. left out of that. You can't read. Uh, of course. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. I'm telling you, Zach. Continue. We should team oh up, my, my guy. God. Continue. <laughs> you want to be jabbing me? The white claws got claws. <laughs> That's a, what? That's a double. The claws got claws, bro. <laughs> the claws got claws, baby. Sassy Jen is here. Okay, oh goodbye. Oh, my God. Okay. got to worry about no yoked up goat, man. <laughs> San Antonio donkey ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better one. San Antonio donkey lady. Yoke up donkey lady. We gotta finish this soon. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your <laughs> yoked up donkey lady to my yoked up goat man. That's gonna be a fight to go down. Okay, continue. Uh, okay, so like I said, like this is uh, one article that I would recommend anybody who is uh, interested in the least bit about this story. Because Joe Nick will take such an unbiased, logical, down-to-earth approach to everything. It's not until the very end of the article that he pretty much calls it all bullshit, right? Oh. So, according to skeptical investigator Joe Nickel, police chief Charles Austin was an admitted believer of the supernatural, including ghosts. Nichols reported that the photo published by the Indianapolis Star, captioned as the police... Uh, the Hammond police photo was, according to the Hammond police chief, not an official photo. Like, these are all the things 
that I had mentioned before, he's the one who who found them. I'm just putting the notes out there that he's the one who came up with this. Nichols also interviewed a number of witnesses and concluded there were a number of non-supernatural explanations for the claims uh, of the supernatural events that are just too there's there's too many to actually go through but he kind of explains them all but quoted by joe nickel in summary no demons possessed anyone in this house except in figurative sense what were really unleashed were the dark aspects of superstition ancient dogma lust for notoriety the greed of cynical huskers and the stubborn unwillingness of someone to be reasoned with that was what he concluded from this investigation. Oh, dang. Yeah. <clears throat> so I would say read that article. It doesn't sound far-fetched from what's going on. Oh, yeah. Like I said, it's a small community, Indiana. Yeah. Christian yeah. background. Yeah. And and like that, like, and like I said, it's not until that last part of the article that he kind of deep burns everybody about it. He said, like, I got y'all hooked, and then here I am debunking everything. <laughs> Pretty well, much. I mean, you've got to think about it. You're a single mom. You have Christian beliefs. Everything's going wrong for you. You start blaming something supernatural. Not saying maybe she, it was again, but logically, if you want to put two and two together, right, right, it makes the most sense. Yeah. But for all we know, that could have been it. You know. Yeah, that's true. Or I have even an even more logical explanation. Can this have been all attributed to a possible case of carbon monoxide poisoning? Hmm. Symptoms include dull headaches, weakness, dizziness, nausea or vomiting, shortness of breath, confusion, blurred vision, loss of consciousness, and, of course, auditory and visual hallucinations. That's so strange because a lot of the things were like, oh, I had a headache, so I had to step outside. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the kids, you know, that could explain them not going to school. That could explain them not waking up on time. Mm-hmm. So, of course, because our, our fine, illustrious leader gives us no evidence to uh, investigate, the theory was never affirmed due to, like I said, our hero Baggins demolishing the house before Anyone could disprove any claims with any actual science. Well, yeah, destroy it before, you know, I made a movie. <laughs> Let's just destroy it before yep. anybody can prove, you huh. know. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, like you said, this could explain a lot of those activities and all the hallucinations, the headaches, the illnesses. Because, I mean, some of these, uh, some of these illnesses do go in accordance to carbon monoxide poisoning and the uh, long-lasting effects well, of carbon monoxide. Again, um, not going back. I'm not, like I said, any kind of physician or doctor. But you got that uh, that dude, you know, filming doesn't wrap up in like a week or a month. Right, right. So he had to have been that place, you know, breathing that in for a while. That could have yeah. attributed yeah. Oh, to his organ what? failure. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about Dr. Barry Taft, but uh, the one that started freaking out in the hallways. Uh, when they were in the hotel, he also had like said that he felt like something touching the tops of his hands also. So, like, can carbon monoxide poisoning have lasting effects after you leave? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but usually when you get fresh air, you're pretty much... Oh, yeah, you're back in the clear. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... So, I, I will say this. It doesn't explain some, some yeah. of the accounts that happened outside 
mm. of the house, right? Because so like the, the accounts that happened at the hospital, yeah, can't 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 confirm those, right? Yeah, but once that's embedded in your brain that that's what's going on in the place that you're in, right, right. that you experience these easy debunked stuff, you carry it with you and then, you know, it leads you to act some type of way just because right. you think that that's how it goes. I understand that, you know. So, I mean, and that is where I conclude my theories. Okay. And, of course, this is my opinion. This isn't uh, Jesse or my sister's. I personally, unfortunately, believe that this may not be completely true. Yeah, I don't. I, do, I just I want to believe it because of the amount of uh, professionals that were not gaining anything from saying right, like, right. yep, I saw that kid fucking walk on the wall and shit. Um, but then I don't know. It's it's so, hard. Yeah. So, again, right. Like I would love to believe this as well. And I would take what those people like those professionals would say. If there wasn't some type of logical explanation there. So if the child had walked up the wall and over the ceiling without holding his mother's or his grandmother's hand, then I'd be like, well, God damn it. That's fucking cool. If you have a bunch of witnesses that say that they saw him not hold her hand and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you. But because there is that small, that's just small sliver of doubt. Of course. I mean, no, that's, I can't. it's leverage. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. what does a kid do when he's scared? He holds on to whoever's next to, you know, the hand. Right, but, right. Um, I guess my personal opinion is that, yeah, I do believe there was something wrong with that lady. I do believe something was happening to her. Right. I don't think it was the house. Um, I think she got the help that she needed to get those things away from her. Mm-hmm. And then she saw a way to make money. And she took it and so did, you know, yeah. Baggins and everybody else. And, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, you're. I, I think you put it better into perspective of what I was trying to or what I believe. I think she was Baggins at the beginning of his career. All these investigators needed to start somewhere or all these stories needed to start somewhere. And she could have possibly been like like you said like this is the next amityville this is the next uh uh, enville this is the next you know haunted house and technically she was successful yeah but uh i mean yeah i i don't know i just like all just like enville amityville like all these places i mean there there are the doubts the the way i want to put it is that if you've been a avid fan of paranormal stuff and you tend to check up on stuff more than likely something happens every few years. It's not a gold mine. You're right, not right. striking gold every other day. You're not finding the, the next. Unless you're Zach thing. Baggins. Of course. Uh, it, it, that's why it's the supernatural because it's not a reoccurring thing. It's not a, yeah, yeah. an everyday thing. It's. Uh, so, I mean, at least from my uh, experience or involvement with like the paranormal, it, it seems more of an art rather than a uh, exact science, right? Because every every haunting is different and every trigger for those hauntings therefore should be different, right? So I can't just go into like Amityville and say the same thing that I got a response in Edinville. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a lot yeah. of research that would need to go into one of these investigations if you were going to garner a response. Yeah, yeah. 
and then say something or ask something that would trigger something specific to that yeah to that haunting so like zach i i just oh god i mean not trying to put him down, but I just believe he's he is just an entertainer. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that his belief system is wrong. Yeah, yeah. He's right. Like know, I'm pretty sure he's a he's a cool bro. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I just, mean we we're just doing this all in jest. Yeah. But uh I can't I, read. He's just an entertainer. <laughs> you know. It happens, man. Those are the uh, cards we were dealt with, bro. <laughs> but but still going back to it, right? Like I ha- I have no doubt that he probably believes in this stuff. And I have no doubt that he has a strong passion and all this stuff. But the way he approaches it is just is is kind of goofy. Yeah. Sorry. No. I mean that's how he sets himself apart from the rest. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> see, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> you sound like a cult follower now. Like you're a part of a cult. I am. When you see that that uh, Twitter feed, Etu Brute, <laughs> when you call him an entertainer. <laughs> I thought you were Mrs. Baggins. <laughs> I'm going to make oh some decals that say Mrs. Baggins for oh the Paranormal God, Fest. No. <laughs> but uh, that was the Ammons haunting. That was the 200 Demon House. Yeah, that was, uh, I feel like that was very. I, I think the, honestly, I think the clairvoyant lady got it wrong. Yeah, because they, I feel like this. These two clairvoyants are the one that set the pace for everything. Or like, they gave you the 200. You got 200. Yeah, like, are I there, think there, that's just there what that the yoked up goat man was benching at the time. 200. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think they misinterpreted. He's benching 200. <laughs> and then he saw Baggins and he was like, oh, God, fucking get my game Gotta up. Gotta double this. Yeah. So this was a uh, Ventura Schwarzenegger situation. Yeah, so I'm, this is what I'm thinking. He was doing 200. He was yoked. He was vaping. Baggins came in. He's like, this triangle shape. And I quote, Jen, guy is in here. Inverted triangle. Yeah, disrespecting me. Looking like a, a meatsicle. And I'm the goat man. Let me blow some smoke in his face. Well, no, no. It, it, he had humbling beginnings. He's oh, like, I'm going to go work out, get more yoked up. And that's why he's like, he just showed up out of nowhere. And like the goat man's like, yeah, be terrified of me. Now I'm going to hit you with my vape, bro. Belzebub. Oh my THC. God. Oh my god. Got you seeing double vision. What's the band that plays that song? <laughs> oh I didn't um, know there was a song. Oh god. You got double vision. <laughs> oh my god, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's gonna, it's it's gonna, it's gonna, gonna kill me too. It's I'm gonna just kill gonna me. Google it because I don't know what you're talking oh, yeah. about. Double vision. Kansas? No. Song. No, no, no. Uh hold on. Double Vision by Foreigner. Foreigner. God That's what I'm going to call Baggins now. Hey, Foreigner. You all right, buddy? <laughs> Boy, man, does this yoke of goat guy have like a mullet and stuff? Like, it's just apparently I'm going to have you see Double Vision. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> okay, I think, we've got off yeah, to the weeds. I think we can wrap this up now. Okay, so thank you for listening to us ramble. <laughs> <laughs> about the yoked up goat man and um, inverted baggins inverted, inverted triangles triangle. so if that you will be a shirt. <laughs> if you have any comments like theories or anything share it with us on instagram on facebook you can find us there at paranormal.chat um again if or you can just email us your thoughts to let's chat paranormal at gmail.com uh if you have your own personal stories that you want to share email them there also 
And don't forget, on September 18th, we will be at Victoria's Black Swan Inn, uh, where we will be just trying to meet new people and get some more stories. So Yeah, having a good time. Yeah. All of that stuff. Let's meet some new friends, man. I want some new friends. Yeah, hopefully it's not too stupidly hot. So let's let's uh let's also raise Jesse's social status. You know, let's let's give him some educated friends. Yeah, I was about to say, it. come on, guys. <laughs> he wants to help me get uh get some education here. <laughs> I'm just oh, gonna start yeah. rolling it with it. Before I used to feel bad about making you feel like you were educated yes i did (laughs) now now i'm just like you know the monkey's out of the bottle pandora's box is open she's like the white claw is cracking (laughs) open the claws have the claws (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i guess we should sign off wait 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 no jen congratulations on 2000 oh yeah 2000 downloads thanks guys that's all because of you yes it's all for you I couldn't read the numbers, but they told me about it. I write in uh, emojis. We act, that's how we text, actually. Je- Jesse, Jesse knew it. Jesse knew it in satchels of, of uh, shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> we showed ways. him. We showed him four satchels of shrimp, and he was like, "Oh, two thousand downloads. Two thousand downloads. Right. Not to <laughs> cook them up for y'all." Okay. I'm sorry, my sister is so terrible. <laughs> I didn't think it was mean. But anyways, okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening in and hope to see y'all next week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I need a pee.